and thank you all for being here with us today. We've got some visitors in our midst, and so allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Josh, and I'm the pastor here at this church, and a lot of you know the fact that I was brought up in a church. I went to church when I was a kid, and the reason that I went to church when I was a kid is because somebody made me. That's how it works when you're a kid, right? I went to church because my parents made me go to church, and I had no say in the matter. Now, at one point when I was a teenager, I was asked if I would be willing to help out in children's church on one Sunday. Now, I wasn't crazy about the idea of volunteering and working with children's church, but I thought, well, I'll get out of the worship service, I won't have to listen to some boring sermon, and so I said yes, and I helped out in children's church. On that particular Sunday, we had a, a fairly large group of kids in attendance, and uh, they were a bit rambunctious that morning. They were all jacked up on goldfish crackers and uh, Kool-Aid, right? Crumbs everywhere and that, that ring around their mouths. Why can't kids learn how to drink out of a cup? They get that ring of Kool-Aid all around their mouths. And a couple of the boys were fighting with each other, and a couple of the girls were teasing each other, and they were just generally acting like kids act, right? And it was all a bit much for a teenage boy. And so after we were finished and the kids had all left, I said to the teacher, I don't know how you do that. And she said to me, well, I just try to keep in mind what Jesus said. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Now, that's a, a Bible story that I was familiar with as a teenage boy. I'd heard about this occasion where Jesus had welcomed the little children to him, and for some reason, the disciples try to shoo the children away, but he says, no, 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 don't hinder them. Let the little children come to me. Now, for me growing up in a church, whenever I'd heard that story, I just imagined that the children who were approaching Jesus were little, well-behaved, polite, clean, angelic children that approached Jesus one at a time to have Jesus pray for them, right? Well, maybe that's not the case. Maybe these were rambunctious kids, right? That were dirty and sticky and smelly with dirty diapers or whatever they used for diapers back in those days, right? Maybe one of them had pink eye. Maybe one of them had a runny nose and was blowing his nose on Jesus' robe and tugging on his beard. We don't know. It's quite possible that these children who approach Jesus act the way that children act, right? Children aren't adults. They act different. They've got some learning to do. Take a look at those couple of verses that Bob read for us this morning. It's a big story packed into a couple of verses. It says, Then some children were brought to Jesus, brought to him, so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And so apparently word got out, Jesus is in town. Let's get our kids to Jesus. At this point in time, Jesus had a reputation. He was known as a miracle worker. I mean, that was not disputed at this point in time. He had raised the dead. He had cured leprosy. He had walked on water. He had multiplied the loaves and fishes. He was a miracle man, and he was a man of God. Some people believe that this Jesus was a prophet. Other people believe that Jesus really was the Messiah. And so these parents of little ones, they find out, hey, Jesus is in our town. Let's get our kids to Jesus. Jesus himself can pray over our children. And they approach Jesus. And the disciples say, get these kids out of here. They're making a scene. Jesus says, no, no, no. Look what he says. Now, there are the disciples. They try to rebuke him. But Jesus said, let the children alone and do not hinder them. That idea is don't create obstacles for them. 
Don't intentionally prevent them from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. My first job at a church, I was the director of youth ministry, and on one occasion we were having a a ministry meeting talking about youth and children, and somebody in that meeting um, brought up the fact that the children are our future. You've heard that saying, the children are our future. And someone in that meeting said that old cliche, the children are our future. And don't you believe that to be true? The children are our future. And in the context of church life, I look around right now, and some of the little ones who are here today, they will be leading this church one day. They'll be up here playing the music and banging on the drums and, and wearing ridiculous shirts as they sing songs for us, right? <laughs> Somebody in our midst right now might be the next pastor of this church when I die and or retire, right? Whichever comes first, I suppose, right? You don't know. So the children are our future, and outside the context of church life, the children will be the future leaders of this world, leaders of this country, leaders in our community. And so we ought to invest in our children because the children are our future. Who's going to disagree with that? And so we all agree with that point, but in that meeting, the pastor said, yes, the children are our future, but the children are also our today, right? And sometimes we can adopt this mentality, and we Christians are guilty of us. We think, well, one day this church will belong to the children. I mean, when they get older, when they figure some stuff out, one day what we're doing will be for them. I say, no, no, today. This church belongs to the children today. And so that pastor taught me that lesson all those years ago, and I believe that to be true. Hope Community Church belongs to the children today. We're not waiting for you to grow up and learn how to figure it all out. No, this church belongs to you today. My first job at a church, as I mentioned earlier, was working with youth. I was the director of youth ministry. My second job in a church was working with children. I was the pastor of children's ministry before I got demoted to this role. And so I worked with youth, and I worked with children, and I worked with their parents. And for the longest time, I had these positions without having children of my own, <laughs> which is a funny thing. And so I would plead with the parents. And I would say, hey, parents, do you realize what kind of influence you have with your kids? You get to set the, your kids' priorities for them. Do you realize that, parents? You set your children's priorities for them. You do this because, parents, you have total control over your children's schedules. And where you spend your time, that's your priority. Now, you can tell your kids what's important, but where you spend your time, that's really what's important. And so I would plead with the parents when I worked with youth and when I worked with kids. I'd plead with the parents, hey, get your kids here. Get them to worship. Get them to youth group. Get them to kids club. Get them to Bible study. Get them here. Parents, use your influence. Show your children Jesus. Get them on that right path. Give them these opportunities to get to know Jesus for themselves. And the parents would say to me, and I can't tell you how many times the parents said this to me. They said to me, Josh, you don't understand because you don't have kids, right? You don't understand how difficult it is, Josh. I mean, our kids are doing stuff. They got extracurricular activities, and they've got band, and they've got sports, and they've got scouts, and they've got dance, and they've got this, and they've got that, and they've got cheer, and they've got gymnastics, and they have all these other things. And so it's just, it's really difficult, Josh, to get our kids here on a Sunday morning, or a Sunday night, or out during the week for kids club, or for youth group. It's really difficult, Josh, and one day, you'll understand. So I'll tell you what I did. I went and had myself some kids. How about that, right? 
I'll show them. I'll go and have some kids. It's a weird way to put it. My wife and I, we have three children, three daughters, uh, 13, 10, and 7. I hope I got those ages right. If I didn't, I'll hear about it later, right? We have our three girls, and here's what I discovered. It's not that tough. It's not that tough to make Jesus our priority. All that's required is some intentionality, some boundary setting, and the willingness to say no, right? Because my wife and I, we are in charge of our kids' schedules. We're not going to surrender that control over to somebody else. And our kids have done all sorts of things, right? Gymnastics and cheer and karate and voice lessons and plays and lacrosse. And oh my goodness gracious, the list goes on and on. Our kids do stuff. But we just don't let that stuff become more important than building a relationship with Jesus. And so parents, I'm pleading with you now. Don't surrender control over your children's schedule to somebody else. Really, it's not that difficult to make Jesus, even, even in this day and age, it's not that difficult to make Jesus the priority for your family. Here's what we do. This is some practical advice for you parents. Here's what we do. If our kids want to do something, some kind of extracurricular activity, and that something takes place primarily on Sunday mornings, we say no to that thing. Instead, we find an alternative that does not take place Sunday mornings. How about that? Right? And so occasionally our kids will sign up for something, and there's going to be a game that might happen once in a while on a Sunday. And here's what we do in advance. We just let that coach know, or we let that leader know, hey, we'd like to sign up for this thing, but Jesus is our priority. Church is our priority. And so is it okay if we sign up for this thing? We might miss a few games. And guess what? So far, everybody said, that's fine. And if somebody said, no, that's not going to work for us, then we would understand that. Parents, don't give your control over to somebody else. You control your children's schedule. You set their priorities for them. I want to tell you a little bit of a sad story. I know this is a happy day, Dedication Sunday. I have to tell you this story, though. Last church I worked for, where I was the um, pastor of children's ministry, I had a guy show up in my office uh, this guy was a grandfather, he had a son, he had some grandkids, and he was lamenting the fact that his son and his grandchildren uh, were not believers. They did not believe in Jesus, uh, they were not a part of a church, they did not participate in church life, and he was lamenting this fact, and uh, this guy begins to tear up and cry in my office, which is always a showstopper when a grown man is just weeping in my office. And he was crying because he felt guilty, because he knew that when his son was little, he did not make Jesus the priority. You see, when his son was little, he was great at baseball, and so baseball became the priority. And if the choice was between baseball Sunday morning or showing up to worship, what are you going to choose? Well, you got to choose baseball, right? Because you're a part of a team, and if you don't show up, you'll be in trouble. If you don't show up at church, they'll forgive you, right? That's how it works. We're supposed to forgive. And so, baseball was the priority. If it was baseball or church, then baseball wins. If it was baseball or kids club, baseball wins. If it was baseball or youth group, baseball wins. And so, all throughout the formative years, baseball is winning and Jesus is not. And so now, as a grown man with kids of his own, he was not a believer, nor were his children. And again, this grown man, this grandfather crying in my office, and I'll tell you what I told him, all right? And I'm saying this for the sake of the parents in this room who have adult children. Here's what I told him. 
I said, you still have influence in your children's lives. And that is absolutely true. Parents of adult children, you still have a loud voice in the life of your children. They might be adults and have jobs of their own and kids of their own. You still have influence, and you can still use that influence to steer and guide and direct your children into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So don't give up. And here's the other thing I said to that man who sat in my office crying. I said, would you be willing to speak to some of the younger parents in our church? Would you be willing to warn them and share your story with them? Now, he said no to that, but I'm just sharing his story for him, all right? And so take that, take that to heart, parents. Think about the future of your children. You have this awesome amount of power. And there's this kind of like grim and sad way to look at it. Like, man, we could really botch this, right, as parents. We could really mess this up. But on the other hand, wow, we could really succeed here, parents. I mean, I'm looking around this room. I know we've got some visitors here with us today. But there's a lot of people in this room that I know personally. And so many of us are believers right now. Because our parents led us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, some of you in this room, you can't became believers as, in, as adults, but a lot of us are in this room right now because we had parents that led us into that relationship with Jesus. They used their influence in our lives to guide us into that relationship. And so, parents, I say to you, I say to us, let's use that power Let's use that influence to direct our children into a relationship with Jesus Christ and church family as a whole. Let's use our collective power and our collective influence to guide these little ones into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen.